Hey, this is John Ortberg, and I'm here with my very, very, very good friend, Alec Hill. We are uh, on this Advent journey, uh, learning about radical acceptance. We're born needing to accept life and health and nurture from people, but especially from God. And that's expressed especially in the Advent season through the coming of Jesus. Sometimes we have to radically accept things that are deeply unwelcome into our lives. And that's why I want to talk to my friend Alec today. He's a remarkable human being. You can tell from looking at him, this is an extraordinary, brilliant guy. Absolutely. It and, oozes out. Thanks, And John. he's not even actually taller than me, but he's sitting in a big chair right <laughs> we now. We switched just so I could be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a lawyer. Uh, he's been involved in higher education at very, very high levels. Uh, you might know him because he was for years the head of InterVarsity. That's a ministry, collegiate ministry, global uh, reaches untold thousands of people uh, and uh, had an extraordinary impact on lots of folks and then something came Alex's way that was not expected and not wanted. So It was you... my friendship with John. No, <laughs> actually it was cancer. No, I, that's a terrible thing to say. Um, so 2015, I was coasting along and all of a sudden I started feeling kind of sickly and anemic and I fainted. I told John earlier today, I didn't tell my wife right away and my pastor got on me. And uh, I was diagnosed with a form of bone cancer. Mm. And the, uh, the only option, uh, a kind of a moonshot, was a bone marrow transplant, which is not something you want to give to your cousin or your worst enemy. Mm. And so uh, uh, my brother uh, was my donor. Uh, obviously, it's worked at six years later, but mm. it was a, a four-month process. And then it was a year of isolation, uh, where I was quasi-isolation. So four months in sort of hospital housing, and then eight months of house arrest at home. So I went from full bore, you know, leading large organization to being shut down. So uh, my life, we moved, uh, I resigned from the position, moved back to Seattle from Wisconsin, and life changed significantly on a dime. I was 62 years old. It was totally unexpected. And, and when it hit, uh, what was the prognosis? What did they tell you were your odds? Um, what did you have to uh, look at and look forward to in life? So the, so the doctor told me that if he had 10 patients with my cancer, five would live a year, which wasn't exactly great news, mm. and that of those uh, five, two would sort of live quasi-normal life. So, so the, the three of the five would survive, but they wouldn't. They would limp through life. Yeah. And two would would sort. Of, so, uh, I've been an outlier uh, completely, and there's no merit in it. I didn't do anything to earn it. It uh, it was a grace given to me. Um, humanly speaking, it was my brother and his genes and everything working really well. Divinely, I guess I'm here uh, for a reason, which makes me think a lot very seriously about how I live each day. Well, yeah. I remember sitting in my car in the parking lot at Menlo Park when you were telling me about the news of that diagnosis and how dire it sounds. Well, but I was high risk in a high risk cancer. Uh, they, they, um, when they got the second opinion uh, in Wisconsin, they tested 20 cells and four of them had the cancer. Six weeks later in Seattle, 16 of them had it. Wow. I was, I was uh, going off a cliff. Wow. Yeah, and I was, I was losing weight and I was, I was pale. Yeah. And uh, uh, I want to talk a bit about the, um, the spiritual dimension of this. How did you pursue God? What did you wrestle with in your soul? But just real quickly, um, how are you doing now? Treatment, um, your yeah. life health? So, so this is not a cancer that comes back. Um, either you die 
or you or mm -hmm. or it's gone. And uh, as I said, the uh, the grafting of my brother's cells went. I had something called a host versus graft disease, which for a few months um, my old cells were fighting a civil war against my new cells. Uh, thankfully, my brother's cells won. It's the only time I've ever wanted my brother to win a battle. We're 18 <laughs> months apart. But um, his cells, so my blood type changed. So if I commit a murder in Your Southern blood California. Type changed. So if I leave blood at a, mm -hmm. at a murder scene, they will arrest my brother. Wow. So I literally, um, several parts of my DNA, and uh, I'm called a chimera. So um, if you take, uh, anyway, if you take a blood test, I have my brother's DNA. If you take a swab from my cheek, I have my old DNA. It sounds like a Columbo episode. It, well, it, it's, it's a fabulous You're perfectly plot. positioned I, to kill I, somebody. I, I, no, we just destroy my brother who saved yeah. my life. That's yeah. a really great plot, isn't it? <laughs> um, so we're thinking about this idea of radical acceptance, uh, you know, that, that uh, Dallas Willard used to say that our wills are created to surrender to God. And uh, kind of the, the template as we go through Advent is Mary at the very beginning saying, I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me according to your word. And then of course, Jesus at the end, uh, not my will, but your will be done. Um, what was it like for you as you got the diagnosis, as you struggled to understand what did it mean? You're somebody who your mind, intellect, temperament are such, Alex, one of the most remarkable leaders and people I've ever known, and you're able to direct, influence, control, but this is something where you had no control at all. No control how, at all. What was that like for you uh, emotionally and spiritually? Well, first of all, of course, it's devastating. You get the news and you think you're going to die quickly and you're thinking about your wife and your kids and the grandchildren you'll never see and all the hopes and dreams and the deferred things because I was so busy with InterVarsity mm -hmm. that I promised my wife that we would do certain things and that I was going to pay that debt. Um, I do think it's interesting spiritually. I've been uh, focusing on the parables and uh, like 40% of the parables deal with slaves as, as actors. Wow. And so... Um, I, I didn't use the word servant. Every morning for 10 years, I, the first thing I say, I'm your slave, which uh, I had some friends from Jordan tell me it sounds like a, like a Muslim doing that. But if you look at the scriptures, mm -hmm. um, the doulos, it, it really, it's, it's not African-American slavery in terms of our vintage, but it is slavery in the first century. So, so it's not race-based. It's not race-based. Like like race but it's utter submission. It, it, it is utter submission. And so um, I... I had been saying this to the Lord because I'm such a self-willed, strong, mm -hmm. control person um, that I, I was yielding. So, uh, you know, you could say maybe the Lord was preparing me in some ways for it. Uh, it still didn't make it easy. I'm not going to say it was. But I, I thought, okay, if this is it, um, you know, Lord, I've had a great run. Uh, I've had a great life. I, 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 I just, I mean, what a charmed life I've led. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we got the diagnosis that I was moved into the high-risk category, um, it was really goodbye. I mean, I really felt like this is it. And then the Lord's presence just came so strongly mm -hmm. that I felt he was creating a bridge for me into the next world. Uh, so, I, I was, so I was pretty certain I was going to die, and I was, and I was at peace. And so that's I, what I was, I was, I was resigned to dying, and then the surprise, I lived. And, and then I go, what do I do now? You know, it's like Robert Redford in, this, in The Candidate. Have you ever seen the movie? Theater? Yes. He, he gets elected. He gets elected. Says, what do we do now? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's been the last five years. But that's another, that's, a funny, that's another part of the story. Wow. So, because I think probably most of us wonder uh, if, we, if we knew or thought we were going to die, what we experienced, what kind of fear, despair. But for you, it wasn't fear. It wasn't despair. There was peace. Well, you know, this, this, I think it's Augustine who talks about the presence of God and pain, and you would mm -hmm. think that the more pain you have, the less presence you would feel. 
I felt as as the pain rose, the presence of God rose. And um, I'd say the month following the transplant where I lost 20 pounds and was sick all the time, and uh, you go between diarrhea and constipation, it's, it's, it's horrible. And um, I'd say the presence of God descended on that, that, lot, that chair I had at the hospital uh, room um, in a way that I, I'd never experienced the glory of God before. So I, I felt, um, you know, I was outwardly wasting away, but inwardly I was being mm-hmm. renewed. And I felt this sense of peace of being uh, with, with my Father, with my Heavenly mm-hmm. Father. And it was really sweet. As a matter of fact, that set a high bar in my spirituality. I would yes. say, and, and there's two schools of thought. One is that that's a temporary grace given to you at a time of crisis. The other is, this is the new expectation, the new, the new level that you should aim for. Mm. And I've tried to hold on to that. And I think the presence of God, now may, part of it maybe I'm, I'm working less, so I have more time to go for walks and reflect. And, um, but the presence of God is with me in a different way way I was gonna it, ask it's like shifting a gear from car from fourth to fifth gear I just feel um, just calm I just feel calm I, I don't get rattled as much um, and and there's and, and and literally you know when I'm driving or I'm alone uh, Mary will come into the room my wife and, and I'm just talking out loud to the Lord of course I've always done that but I do it more now you know so that that's what I was gonna ask your life uh, has changed from that yeah in the sense of having a higher awareness that God is with you yep absolutely wow wow well um, I'm so glad that you all were able to join us for this I just have to tell you Alec is one of those people where since we first met each other um, uh, he lights me up when I anytime I get to be someplace where I get to see you John brings out the 15 year old in me that's all I can say it's all <laughs> obnoxious really (laughs) (laughs) thank you that's the gift I was hoping for Um, would you do one thing would you there's folks that are listening to this right now and there's something coming into their life that is uh, something they would not welcome would you say a blessing a prayer for people listening to us especially people where uh, they're having to struggle to accept unwelcome news in their life Lord, we thank you for Advent and the season of hope, but we also know that there are memories in the past and there are things, bad things that are gonna happen in the future. So this, this combination of good news and bad news, and I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this, um, as they and their family members and their loved ones experience uh, unexpected random events in their lives, that they too would sense your presence and your pleasure in their lives, and that you would give them hope and comfort in the midst of the pain. Mm. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend. It's my joy. See you next time. Okay. We'll do it again. Love to. Hey, we're so glad you're here. More than a video to watch, we hope this is a community you can engage with. So add your voice to the comments. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, or join our Facebook group, becomenew.me. We'll be posting daily questions and resources for you to engage with. And if you want real-time text alerts, you can text the word become to the number 56525. So take a step, get connected, and we'll see you next time.